way he puts the message. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for the message you placed on Richard's heart. We are, we thank you for his service to this church, and uh, and we look forward to listening to what it is that you've got to challenge us today uh, through his message uh, as part of these turning points at least. Thank you. Amen. Good morning, church. You see anything? Oh, okay, sorry. Good morning, church. <laughs> okay, as you know that, last Sunday... It's the 1st of January, is that right? So we started a new series called the Turning Points. So our pastor and the elders will each reflect on certain characters in the Bible, and they are turning points, and they share our significant turning points in our own faith journey. Last week, Alan, where's Alan? Oh, okay. Alan kicked off the, the series in a fantastic way, is that right? So... Yeah, not here, but we thank Alan. Well done. And this week is my turn. I choose Samuel and his particular experience recorded in the first Samuel chapter 19, verse 1 to 21. I think let me read the passage first for you. First Samuel chapter 19, verse 1. The boy... The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was real. There were, there were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me? But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lie down. Again the Lord called, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me? My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called, Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go lay down, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and the Lord came and stood there calling as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. At that time, I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His songs blasphemed God, and he failed to restrain them. Therefore, I swore to the house of Eli. The guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. 
Samuel lay down until morning, then opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision. But Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son. Samuel answered, Here I am. What was it he said to you? Eli asked, Do not hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely. If you hide from me anything he told you, so Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. Then Eli said, Here's the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of the Samuel's words fall to the ground. And all Israel, from Dan to Bathsheba, recognized that Samuel was attested as the prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shilom, and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. We can see this passage shows a significant turning point for Samuel. He turned from an ignorant boy to a great servant of God. We can see that when the passage starts, Samuel still called what? A boy, the right boy. But I'd like to bring your attention to very important comments. And I think sometimes we can see shocking comments for him in verse 7. There said, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Samuel was ignorant. He might not know about God as a, a deity in his culture, or probably an idea or concept, but he didn't know him as a real living God, the creator, his creator, who can communicate with him, who can have a real personal relationship, not mention who generally love him and can also be loved by him. Samuel was obedient, but not to God. He born and couldn't because he didn't even know him. Can we obedient to someone whom we don't even know? Can we? We can't. That's simple. Samuel was obedient to his mom, who offered him to God to serve under Eli, the priest. And probably he was also obedient and submissive to Eli, who probably was his real master. So he ministered in the house of the Lord. But we know how. But we know that purely out of duty. As a young boy, I can imagine he was probably not very happy, very likely bored over there. However, something happened. He was changed and turned around. He personally encountered the living God. God called him, and then he responded to God's call. The Bible tells us his famous response in verse 10. Speak, for your servant is listening. Then shockingly, God told him something, actually very bad things about his master, the priest Eli, to whom he was obedient, I think trusted and respected as all of Israel's did that time. More than that, God wanted to pronounce his severe judgment on Eli's family through him. 
So Sammy was so afraid of that. After he found out what him, I would freak out as well. But eventually he chose to buy God and did what God wanted him to do out of faith. After that, the Bible tells us, the Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. And all Israel from Dan to Bathsheba recognized that Samuel was attested as the prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shalom, and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. Samuel eventually turned from ignorant boy to important prophet of God and a faithful judge in a very special pivot time of Israel history, transforming from the era of judge to the era of kings. And under God's guidance, Samuel anointed Israel's first king, Saul, and the greatest king, David. He had a special position in the lives of Israelites and was highly regarded in the history of God's people. That's Samuel's story. Why do I choose Samuel and this passage, brothers and sisters? I choose because God chose Samuel's story to call me, transform me, and form me to become his servant. Actually, God gave me this passage many years ago. When was you a spiritual boy and just about experience a significant turning point that changed the trajectory of my life, eventually leading me to become a pastor who I am today? So now, let me share my story. You know, I was born in China, a totally non-Christian environment. I joined a well-good upbringing in a loving family, traditional Chinese family. In 1999, I came to Australia to pursue, I think, my postgraduate study in IT. And Renee joined me the following year. We love this land love this country. So eventually we settled down in Melbourne and start our new life from scratch in this totally new culture. And touched by God at a Christian Christmas camp in 2005, I shared this story before. I think in a very dramatic way, I activated my faith journey and eventually accepted Jesus as my Lord and the Savior and was baptized together with my dear wife in March 2006. When I was baptized, I already had a subtle desire, I think, in my heart. One day, I would like to be a pastor. But I didn't do anything. I didn't even openly share with any other people because I was busy. I was busy with my life, with my business, and trying my best to pursue a Australian dream, a comfortable and a successful life. But five years later, at the beginning of 2011, I began to feel my heart was getting strangely warmed. And my desire to become pastor was getting stronger and stronger. However, 
Once I took this idea seriously, I began to struggle and I felt lots of pressure. By that time, I was doing property development, property, uh, residential property development and working on a multi-townhouse project. And the construction, construction is going well and several units were already sold and more projects were around the corner. So my feeling was so complicated. One time, I was so excited about, be, about becoming a pastor, serving the Lord, preaching the gospel, helping people. Sometimes I should have quit my work straight away and go straight to the seminary. But another time, I just felt so worried. I still remember vividly. One day I was standing at the construction site, a sign. Oh, what I'm doing? What I'm doing here? Just letting go all of the things, my hard work, my projects, my investment, my bright future, my financial pre-freedom. How about my family, my mortgage, my children's education, etc.? Was struggling, hesitating, and anxious. I didn't know how to choose, how to make the right decision, and what's the right decision for me. Then something happened. I was changed and turned around. During that period of time, one night, I woke up in the middle of the night and I couldn't go back to sleep. So I just got up, I went to another room to avoid disturbing Renai. I just sat there, fully awake. And then I just grabbed my Bible, flicked through, with a very foggy idea. Probably you did it before. God may say something to me through the Bible. Surprisingly, God did this time. And that night, God spoke to me in verse in, in Samuel, First Samuel chapter 3, verse 7. God told me. You did not yet know me. My word had not yet been revealed to you. That's why you are so struggling and hesitating. I was shocked and puzzled. How come I didn't know you? Do you know why? I'm thinking of serving you. I'm thinking all of the kind of things. But however, that's the moment I encountered the living God. After that encounter, I kept pondering why God said that. I did not yet know Him. Asked, I struggled, I waited, I listened and reflected. And step by step, God guided me to realize my shallow faith and my shallow understanding of Him. God was right. I knew many things about him. But I lacked a genuine personal relationship. Again, many had a knowledge. But my heart was far away from him. I didn't read the Bible. Not every day, but I did read. I didn't come to church. But my goal is to get more and more knowledge. So I could share with other people. 
other brothers, sisters, to see some wise things and be smart. I seldom had devotions, not to mention daily devotions. The folks, my so-called devotion, was to get some tips from the Bible and acquire more and more blessings from God. My life is still more self-centered than God-centered. My concern was still mainly about me, for me, for me. At that time, to be a pastor actually was more like a career or business. I liked, I wanted, and I could choose. Actually, I was seeking a bad career, a bad business, in which I could be successful. So from my point of view, to be a developer, that's my goal. Doing property development was also a good choice, probably even a bad choice than being a pastor, right? That's why I couldn't be sure. That's why I was struggling and so hesitating. I repented. I repented. I started to change my lifestyle and building up a daily routine to spend time with God, reading His Word, and reflecting on how I'm living my life according to God's Word, not according to my desire, my plan. I changed my question from what should I do or choose to what do you want me to do or to be my God, my Lord. Amazingly, as God did to Samuel, he started to reveal himself to me through, the, through his word. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, he warned me that I could not serve both God and wealth. In Joshua chapter 23, verse 6, he called on me to love him, to walk in all his ways, to keep his commandments, to hold fast to him and to serve him with all my heart and with all my soul. Then coming to a certain stage, I got to know that to be a pastor was not only my desire, my idea, but God's call. So I shared what I heard from God with my church, with my pastor, brothers, sisters, and invited them to discern God's will together with me, with my family. And after that, I can see that, I'm not exaggerating, I experienced his wonderful guidance, miracle after miracle. And God helped me restore the loving relationship between my wife, Renee, and mine, and me. I was able to connect with a pastor we highly respected at the right time and at the right place. He's a pastor serving Australia. But that time, he happened to pass by my hometown in China, where my parents live. I was encouraged to take a step of faith. And he even got a chance to meet my parents one day before he left my hometown and removed my parents' concerns about my calling. And on that night, my parents called me and said, Son, go ahead. We support you. God bless you. Together we spent 
about six months seriously discerning God's will. Eventually, with the support of my family, my church, I was convinced that God called me to ministry, and I respond to His call with the courage and the faith. Here I am, send me. In July 2011, I quit my job. I let go of my business, my dream of financial freedom, and embarked on my journey of serving the Lord. I served in a multicultural Baptist church in northern suburbs for many years and was ordained by the BUV in 2016. Now, you know me. I'm the pastor of Chinese congregation in our church. And on this journey, Renee and I experienced many, many difficulties and challenges in finance, in family, ministry. For so many years, I have to rely on my wife for the income and to support the family, but we're there. There have been times when I fell down, defeated, and frustrated, but I have never given up because I knew God called me. He's faithful. Today, I'm still on this journey, the ongoing journey of spiritual and pastoral transformation and formation as a God's child and his servant. Brothers, sisters, that's my story. And at this time, we are invited to share this message where I reflect on Samuel's story and my faith journey again, again, and again. I identify two key things God really wants me and wants his children to get, which I'd like to highlight for you because they are so important and played a crucial role, not only for Samuel's turning, but also for my turning that time. And not only for my dad turning, but for my other many turnings later. And I'm sure that they, are still, they will still bring more turnings in the future for me and for you. First thing, God wants us to know him not just know about him. In other words, God wants to have an intimate relationship with us. He wants us to have a relationship with him. God is not our object for our study, not merely our benefactor, but our creator, our Lord, who creates us and saves us out of love and for love. God is the source of our existence, the purpose, the meaning, well-being, and the future of our lives. We can't afford not to have intimate relationship with Him. It's a matter of life and death. I'm not joking. But to have intimate relationship with God is not complicated. You don't need a theological degree for that. And everyone can do that. It's simple, but it's not easy. Besides, you have to start with the repentance and accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior, 
you need an ongoing commitment. You need to spend quality time with him in your everyday life. You need to read his word, listen to him, pray to him, and enjoy his presence. Just like we make friends and develop and maintain friendship with other human beings. You need to be aware that God knows everything about you. But you need to know what he wants you to be and to do. So let's talk less, listen more. You will definitely encounter this living God and taste his reality. Second, God wants us to take obedient actions. God called us to return to him and to be saved, to follow Jesus, because he has a wonderful plan for us. However, living in this broken and corrupted world, while facing lots of challenges and temptations. So to follow Jesus and live a full life, we need to seek and grasp God's will for us. But more importantly, we must take obedient actions out of faith. Otherwise, nothing will happen. Just like what James said in James chapter 1, verse 22, he proclaims that, do not merely listen to the word, but to do what he says. Otherwise, we just deceive ourselves. We can see that as a Samuel spoken harsh word to elderly, respected person. It's not a pleasant experience. You need to know that. You need to be obedient. From you know, Samuel and my story, I learned that obedient action may not be irrational, may not necessarily make you feel good, joyful, comfortable. On the contrary, you may have negative feelings, afraid, worries, anxious, like Samuel did, like I did. I need to think about the future. I need to think about how can we survive. But I learned the lesson, very important. We have to let God's will and our faith guide us, guide us to make decisions, guide us to take actions, not by the world standard, not by our human logic, not by our experience, not our feelings. God called us to be changed, to deny ourselves, to follow him. That's why now my experience, when you discern God's will, most time, initially, you won't feel comfortable because it's against what our selfish, our selfish desire, against the trend of this world. He wants us to follow him. So we need to be reminded what John told us in 1 John chapter 2, verse 17. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. So, brothers and sisters, 
let us talk less and act more. You will definitely experience the living God and be transformed and abundantly blessed. Brothers and sisters, this is my story. This is Samuel's story. That's our experience. That's what I learned from Samuel's story and my personal story and experience. I believe also from many faithful Christian stories. May the living God speak to you through the message God used me to bring to you today. May he bless you, transform you, and form you as he beloved children, faithful disciples, and servants. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much. Thank you, you preserve the history, the history figures in the Bible for us. Recorded many faithful stories. Let us know, let us to die, we know that what happened before. Let us know that actually you called only the people to follow you. Once we really know you, we're waiting to return to you. We establish personal relationship with you. You change our lives. We also pray that you guide us, not just thinking, not just talking. Help us to listen to you, to listen to what you want to say, want, want to, say to our life, to listen what you want us to be and to do, and give us courage to take obedient actions to follow you. We know that you promised, you will bless us, you give us a full life. We thank you. May you bless us through the message, bless us through all this kind of, you know, the experience, the wisdom we learn for people. May you be with us. We thank you. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.